Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. Y'all enjoying this series? Um, there were people even down in Mexico that are watching us online. So hello to all those folks. We've got a lot of people up in Canada. Y'all show some love to our online people. Welcome them. <clears throat> Met one of the absolute top girls in that company has been watching our stuff for years. In fact, was at a meeting I preached in Canada like 10 years ago. So interesting how God puts all these dots together. Okay, so thought life. Where I want to go today is let me just show you this one passage because I want this to kind of be what you're what you're looking toward. This is Romans 10:10. 10, 10. Super familiar passage. Uh, mostly it's about salvation, but today we're going to look at it has everything to do with you believing that you are righteous in your heart. So let me just read this to you. Romans 10:10. 10, 10. For with the heart one believes. Say, I believe with my heart. All right. So with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And we really just kind of make that about getting saved, you know? Well, this is how you get saved. You believe in your heart, confess in your mouth. There's a lot more going on here than we realize because we think with our hearts. Remember in um, Proverbs 23, 7, the first part, for as we think in our heart, so are we. So why do we talk about the heart? Because it's the deepest part of what and who you are where spirit and soul join. It's what gets recreated within you that determines that you are a new creation. The heart is the inner self. It's the true self. It's, the, it's partially spiritual, partially soulish. It's kind of this bridge that connects. It's where the fruit, it's where the kingdom uh, bears fruit. It's that it's that it's the seed dying and the seed becoming the plant. It's where the word of God gets in and and determines and, and separates everything out. The word, which in Mark four, which probably so so Brian will be here next week. The next week, I think I'm going to go through Mark four in detail to really look at the word and the kingdom and the heart. We'll start talking about thinking with the heart. So we're going a little bit deeper. Let me say it this way. You do think with your mind and your heart, but from this passage, we see that believing is a capacity of the heart. You don't believe with your brain. You don't really even necessarily believe with your mind. You believe with your heart. Now, some people might be thinking, well, the heart is wicked. You can't trust your heart. Well, that's before you got born again. When you got born again, God gave you a new heart. The old covenant was enacted and ratified by circumcision of the males. The new covenant, there's a lot of nuances, but a big factor of the new covenant is the heart, the inner self, the inner man is circumcised. In other words, Colossians 2, you look at the body of the sins of flesh is removed. You could say your sin nature is taken out and he puts a righteous nature within you. And this is what we're talking about. And I'll even say it this way. 
What you should use your faith first and foremost for is to believe that you're righteous. I think you should first use your faith to believe the work that God has done with Christ in you or through Christ in you. I don't think that you should use your faith before that to try to get things from God. You know what I mean? I don't think you should use your faith to pray, to receive, to this, to that. It's like, no, let me first and foremost, out of a sanctified heart, recognizing, reverencing the holy living God, that I am right with Him. And then from that place, everything else comes out of that. It's with the heart that we believe unto righteousness. And I'm just really praying that you get some revelation out of this because th th this is the kind of stuff that you can't really teach. We can just highlight it, talk about it, play with the words, pray, teach on it. But you got to open your heart and let the Holy Spirit give you a revelation on righteousness. It, it, it's got to be caught. It really can't be taught. We can, we can teach about the legalities of the atoning work of Christ, remitting, paying for your sin, your sins being washed away. That, that's justification. You're legally, Jesus was legally tried, uh, punished, and executed for your sin. Legally, He paid for it. You get that. That's justification. Then you live within sanctification. That is the effects of justification because you are holy. Say, I'm holy. I'm telling you, it's hard to believe that stuff. But if you use your faith to believe specifically what Christ did in and through you, you have no other conclusion to walk away with other than, man, I am holy. I am righteous before the Father. Not because of your deeds. We're going to read a large section of Romans 10 that really teaches on the legality that righteousness is now by faith and not by works. But if you're struggling with anything, you're trying to experience anything, you're trying to grow in any area, you're trying to experience the promises, man, I'm telling you, you've got to be persuaded in your heart that God is not holding anything against you. That your flat tire is not karma from God because something you did wrong. That's what you think. Oh man, why is this all happening? What did I do, Lord? Oh me. All right, so let me click through this. I'm telling you, if you get this revelation and it's just straight out of Scripture, so... As we think in our heart, so are we. We're talking about the thoughts of the mind. Now we're going to talk even a little bit deeper about the thoughts of the heart. It's like the mind kind of deals more with the world and what's going on, but the heart almost thinks more in terms of identity. The heart thinks more in terms of who am I in this situation? A am I somebody that really can walk in healing? Am I somebody that really can experience being debt-free? Because these are blessings of salvation. Am I somebody that really can not struggle with pornography? Am I somebody that really can not have outbursts of anger? Is that, even, is that even in me? Do I even actually see myself as somebody that could be free from that thing? 
Because what's because because it may it's the difference between actually being free from sin or trying to just live under mercy. A lot of people confuse mercy and grace. If you're living under grace, you're free. You're free from the power and the lure of the darkness. But if you're living under mercy, you've messed up and you're thankful that God has forgiveness for you. That's the difference. A lot of people don't understand what grace is. Grace is strength. Grace is power. You need grace to live within this holiness and righteousness that He's given you. You are righteous, but to live that way, grace strengthens and empowers you. Amen? And the beliefs of your heart is what makes all the difference of whether or not you will let yourself be empowered by grace to live above the lure of depression and anxiety and sin and struggle and poverty and all that stuff. Are you with me? You believe with your heart. And as you think with your heart, so are you. However you see yourself in your heart, you are projecting out into this world and you are building the life around you. And it looks, this is, this is not necessarily the most fun truth, but whatever your life looks like, that's how you see yourself on the inside, in your heart, in the deepest part of what and who you are. And the, the thoughts of the heart are even deeper than the conscious thoughts of the mind. It's those beliefs that pull back down you know, you might start, oh, you get a little bit of hope, you get a little excitement, a little bit of joy, but then it's like, mm, I shouldn't be feeling this good, something's about to happen. It's because your heart doesn't think you should have it, you should experience that kind of joy. I'm not talking about every situation perfectly working out for you in your life. I'm talking about no matter what happens in life, you are victorious inwardly in that place. Even if you find yourself in a third world country, locked in a prison with your throat slit, getting about to be put under the water until you drown. And inwardly, you're looking up and you see Jesus seated on the throne just like Stephen. That, I'm talking about that. That's what I'm talking about. Are you with me? I mean, I didn't mean to shock you, but I, I'm just... <clears throat> however you think in your heart, no matter the circumstances. Now, there are benefits to salvation. There are benefits to being a child of God, and we should be experiencing those benefits, the fruits and the spirits and the, uh, the fruits, the gifts, the blessings, the promises. Are you with me? But it's almost like this paradox, right? No matter what, no matter what, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am bold and confident and strong in the Lord. I am free from the power and the lure of sin. All my needs are provided for. The Lord my God is my Father and He is a good provider. If that's what I believe... That, so it's not that you believing that is going to go into the world and, and somehow quantumly you know, bring the universe bring back to you. It's that when you believe that about yourself, the Lord... You, you, it, 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 it tunes your thinking in alignment with that way of thinking to see the opportunities that God is trying to lead you into, to hear the promptings that He wants you to step out in and the opportunities to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. If you don't see yourself as somebody that miracles work through, guess what? It's most likely not going to happen. Now, God's bigger than your heart. We're going to talk about this idea. You're not just completely locked into what your heart believes. God's bigger than your heart. 
Amen? So, so don't, don't, don't think, oh my goodness, now I've got to go fix my heart. Your heart's fine. But the way that you think will cause it. It's like a rudder, almost two things. What, what is this? I don't know what this is, but it's two things working together. <laughs> Are you with me? You're in alignment. All right, so all circling around this idea, Romans 12, 2, be not conformed or shaped or molded or fashioned by the world. Whatever's, whatever you're going through, the circumstances, politics, your lack of this, your over this, whatever, don't be shaped by that. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or establish out, or another way to say it is God's will becomes established in your life. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. When you're in alignment with God and you're thinking, you're, you'll be more in agreement with Him. You'll be more obedient to Him, which will then cause you to be more receptive for His will to be established in your life and therefore Him be glorified. That's the goal, is that He be glorified. Amen? That's it. The, the goal is not that you're debt-free. The goal is not that you're disease-free. The goal is that He be glorified. And He is glorified when what Jesus paid for comes to pass in this earth. That's a huge point. It's not about your health. It's not about your wealth. It's not about your joy. It's not about your peace. It's about Him being glorified. But you experiencing the blessings that Jesus died and went through Hades for. Well, you know, I just don't think that we should be believing for wealth, brother. I think, you know, we should, it's pious to be poor and we should. Well, why, why don't you just go spit in Jesus' face then, why don't you? Because that's what he paid for. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep going. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So we're talking about putting on the new self. We've been talking about bringing every thought under control, putting on the new self. We talked about how transformation happens. Just the fact that you change the way that you think does not necessitate transformation. Changing the way that you think, again, causes your heart and your mind to be receptive, to be led by God. To, to live His principles, to keep His commandments, to live in His way. Are you with me? You're not changing the world through the power of positive thinking. You're, 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 you're repenting and getting doubt out. You're saying, you're confessing the truth about that sin that it's killing you and that He paid for it and you don't want it. You, you're, all that is the process. So this is, to me, what's happening within the heart. So when your heart is in faith toward God, and again, don't get so caught up on this. I mean, I, I like breaking things down. I have a really good chart. I didn't put it in this one. Um, I'll bring it in the next one where I've got this these bubbles that kind of break down heart, brain, spirit, soul, body, all this stuff. But I just kind of wanted to start to set the stage for thinking with the heart. But don't get so caught up in this stuff trying to figure out all the differences. In, in reality, I don't think we really can dissect all of this stuff, you know, it's like sometimes I heard a story. It's like you can take, a, you guys ever dissect a frog in school? 
you can take that frog, you can cut it open, you can take the liver, you can take the heart, you can put the, you can look at it, it's all laying out. You can see all the details and you can know exactly how it works. But that frog is dead. It ain't working anymore. We can do that with the things of faith. We can section it all out and understand it, and I understand this, I understand, but, not, but, our, but our faith is dead. Our, our walk with Christ is dead because we're not really experiencing it. So don't do that. <laughs> don't, 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 because I know some of you guys are like, ooh, this is new. I really want to go learn about this stuff. Go learn, but keep it simple along the way. Amen. So, but I think this is what's happening. The Word of God, and so what we're going to see in Mark 4 when we go there is he really starts out talking about the Word in your heart being sown, but he's really talking about experiencing the kingdom. And it's almost like he conflates Word and kingdom and the fruit of the Word is experiencing the kingdom. The, the Word being productive in your heart is experiencing kingdom life, you know, and it all ends up kind of becoming one thing. It's really interesting uh, how he puts it together. So when I, when I read Word, I think kingdom personally. So the Word, the kingdom is alive and active. The Word of God is living and active. This is Hebrews 4.12 sharper than any two-edged sword, uh, even penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit, that's in that heart realm, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. You want, you want that. You want to be so in tune with the Word, the kingdom, the Lord's activity, the Spirit inside you, into the deepest place where the distinction between him and you is and him trying to transform you and conform you into the image of Christ, that heart space, that's where you want the word, which means you got to get raw and honest with him in that place with the word. The way that you do it most consistently is you take the word and you let it be a mirror to you. Let it you know, am I living there? Am I thinking this way? Am I? Not, not to condemn. It might convict, and there's a difference. Convict is, hey, you've been doing this. Stop it. This is the reality. Repent. Change your ways. Go this way. You know, it's a correction. It's a course correction. But the condemnation would say, oh, too late because you did that. Mm, I'm going to withhold this. I'm going to withhold that. And you might even lose your salvation. They're, they're, we're not talking about that. Salvation being secure but we're talking about being productive. We're talking about in that space where He and us meet and His Word shapes our anger into joy and His Word shapes our doubt into faith and His kingdom is productive and, and, and eradicates fear into boldness. Are you with me? As you think in your heart, so are you. Use the word in that space, in this space, to get let it get as deep as possible, as real as possible. And then the word and kingdom is growing in you, transforms you. So we're talking about thinking with the heart. Why the heart? There's this beautiful prophecy back from Ezekiel 36, 26. This is God speaking. Are you with me? I'll give you a new heart. Say new heart. I'll put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit. 
I know we talk about this a lot, but man, wow. It's like, a, it's like the wedding ring of God's Spirit that joins you, the mystery of becoming one, betrothed to God. An heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus. I'll put my Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You will keep my judgments and do them. I mean, we're still talking about obedience. We're still talking about law-keeping. But it, but it becomes a byproduct of you knowing who you are in Him, of you being bold and confident in the righteousness, right standing that you have before the Father. With the heart, we believe unto righteousness. So, because of that new heart and His Spirit, you're a new creation with a new heart. Say that. I'm a new creation. And I have a new heart. I'll say this. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Ready? Go. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, there's an exercise that you can do. You can say factual statements rooted in the new covenant and then pause and then pay attention and see how, see how you feel about it. I Just try it right now. Just... just Super quick. Relax. Take a deep breath. All right, everybody relax. You good? You can close your eyes if you want. You don't have to. And just say, I am righteous. Now, what thoughts come to mind and how do you feel? Some of you may be, may be like, oh man, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And some of y'all might be, Look one eye open looking for a lightning bolt. Some of you, you said, I'm righteous, and you started thinking about sin in your life. Because for you, your right standing with God is still connected to your performance. You feel guilty about it. I'm not saying you shouldn't feel guilty about sin, but I'm saying you, you got some work to do in that heart of reassuring your heart that you're safe with God in Christ. Not so that you can continue in sin, but from that place you overcome the power of sin. Here's another one. Say this one. I am holy. Do you believe that? Like in our minds we agree. Yeah, no, I recognize that the Spirit of God... Did a work within me. Jesus' blood was spilled. His blood remitted my sin, washed me. That's the sanctification process. Whatever is sanctified by God the right way is holy. It's set apart. It's peculiar to God. It's special. And because of that holy state, He put His Spirit on the inside. You, you can say it, but do you really, really actually believe that? Beliefs are deeper than thoughts, but you can determine, you can know what your heart believes. And, you know, we're going to talk about this for a while. I'm not rushing out of this series. But you think with the mind and believe with the heart. All back to this idea, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. We'll get to confessing with the mouth unto... Well, we'll do it now. The confessing part, confess means to say the same thing. So what you want to do is you want to say the same thing that God says about whatever it might be. If you confess your sins which you should still do as a Christian, what, do you, what does God say about your sin? 
He says it's killing you. He says it will harden your heart to his leading. Uh, and he says, stop it. <laughs> I had a third thing, but I forgot what it was. It, it, it just it causes you to not live a life worthy of the calling that he's given you in Christ, right? So this message should not put you in a place where you feel better with sin. It should actually empower you and excite you that you actually can live free from the power of sin in your life. It's possible. If you don't believe it's possible, you have some heart work to do. And the heart work is, let me, let me read through this passage and it'll show you. All right, you ready? Everybody say Romans 10, 1 through 10. All right, here we go. And we're talking about righteousness specifically. So with the heart, we believe unto righteousness. Uh, we are transformed as we renew our minds. We're transformed as we change the way that we think because we get in alignment with God. You specifically need to renew your mind in the area of righteousness. This is what we're talking about. So we're narrowing down a little bit more the broader field of renewing your mind. Specifically, we're talking about renew your mind in the area of righteousness. And man, I'm telling you, Romans is a masterpiece in describing and teaching and laying out the new covenant and your place within it and what Jesus accomplished and all that. So we're going to read through Romans uh, 10, 1 through 10. Um, actually, uh, Hans, would you, would you follow me on this? So brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness. Now, none of us would say, I'm righteous because I kept the laws. But what you might say is, I am unrighteous because I broke the laws. That's still self-righteousness because you still think your righteousness is dependent upon your behavior. Is that clear? Now, am I saying, go break the law? Thank you. Thank you. Um, but what he's teaching is, let's keep going. Sorry, let me finish the last part. Yeah, so they're seeking to establish their own righteousness. Now, if you want to know you're self-righteous, then when something, when something goes wrong in your life and you say, what did I do? Could be self-righteousness. Now, there could be an element of just taking personal responsibility for whatever mess you created, you know what I mean? But if God's in the equation in terms of why is He doing it or not doing it, you might be self-righteous. Uh, so, have not submitted to the righteousness of God for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. That's almost blasphemous in some circles. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness because, because oh, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Where do you believe from? Yeah. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does these things shall live by them. He's quoting Moses there. But, say but, the righteousness of faith. With the heart we believe unto righteousness. 
But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. So faith righteousness says this. Don't say uh, in your heart who's going to, uh, in your heart, uh, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. Go get some righteousness and bring it back. Or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? What does faith righteousness say? The word is near you. And remember, I, to me, word and kingdom, it's almost impossible to separate. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. When you really start studying out this heart stuff, it's, it's like 820-something times mentioned in the Bible. It's mentioned more than righteousness, more than obedience, more than faith. I think love maybe might be, but it's like ridiculously important. So it's in you. Uh, that is the word of faith which we preach. Uh, next verse. Oh, it's in there twice. Sorry. Keep going. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Okay? So, if you want your heart persuaded in the righteousness that comes by grace through faith in Christ, if you want to be rooted and grounded in pers and persuaded of that, spend massive amounts of time meditating on what Jesus did for you on the cross, in the grave, and in His resurrection. Even backing up, realizing He lived perfectly, not to show you what, you what you're supposed to live up to, but to show you what you can live up to. And He lived perfectly to be the perfect sacrifice for your sin. If you want your heart to be established in righteousness, if you don't want to doubt your salvation, if you want to be positioned for the fruits to bear in your life and the gifts to bear out through your life, Man, I'm telling you, become a master at persuading your mind and your heart in your position in Christ. Not just your position, but your actual identity. I'm a child of God. God is a good provider. Because I'm a child, God is seeking to show Himself strong on my behalf. Right now, in this moment, God is actively seeking to show Himself strong on your behalf. It's what He's doing. He's looking around the earth right now, and he's like, hey, come this way. There's some great stuff over here. Come this way with me. Uh, where are you going? Where are you going? Oh, you going that way? Okay. Let's go now. Come this way. You know, I, I see God standing in our future, and everything's worked out, and he's going, come this way. Come this way. And we go, well, I think I'm going to go this way. And he's like... <laughs> So he goes over there. He's like, oh, no problem. Unlimited possibility. Come on this way. Now, you might have to sit in that one for about six months because that's really some death that you've sown there. But I'm just telling you, God is working to bless you. And not for you, but so that he would be glorified. See, this is what God, when God, this is what God wants to do. God looks at humanity and sees a family, uh, those who have said yes to him. Those who haven't, he wants them in his family. And what he wants to do is be such a good father. Take care of them and bless them so that they'll bless each other. 
and everybody we will collectively be so grateful and thankful for who he is and what he's done that we just can't help but talk about our good and great father. Amen. That's what he's doing. So uh, let me let me finish on this. This is this is ridiculously powerful because I want to give you a tool walk out of, to walk out of here with in Philemon. Some say Philemon. You'd be wrong. <laughs> Philemon. It's only one chapter, um, and we're going to read four, five, and six. And he's just praying, right? So I just want you to see what he's praying. Uh, this is Paul writing. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. This is it. That the sharing, this is what he's praying, is what I pray for you. And, I, and this, is what, this is the body of Christ, right? This is where we need to be. That the sharing of your faith, are you sharing your faith? Do you want to share your faith? That the sharing, or some translations even say the participation or partnership in faith. So it's personal, but it's also ministerial. Uh, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ. Your faith becomes effective when you acknowledge the good things that are in you in Christ. Your faith becomes effective as you acknowledge the good things that are in you in Christ. When you look in you, do you see any good thing? This is how you conquer sin. This is how you overcome doubt and unbelief and fear. This is how you find the power to walk in the spirit of the living God's anointing in your life to be a blessing to others around you. This is how you, this is how you transform, acknowledging every good thing that is in you that is in Christ. You're a joint heir with Jesus. Do you know how to persuade your heart based on who God is and what He's done through Christ. Confessing unto salvation. It's the same thing. That's what He's saying here. To me, it's, the same, it's, a, it's a different way to say the same thing. You're confessing unto salvation. So what are you confessing? You're confessing or acknowledging the good stuff that's in you. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am strong in the face of this fear. God is with me. Are you kidding me? No devil can take away anything that Jesus has given me. Man, I am not a beggar in the court of God. I am a blessed child of God. I am a joint heir with Jesus. What does Jesus lack? What did Jesus inherit from God? Man, Jesus, you inherited everything, and you humbly shared that inheritance with me. I am fully persuaded that I am God's child and He's a good Father. And as I seek Him and His righteousness that He's given me, everything is provided for. Why am I even worried? I don't even have room for worry. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I am safe. I am provided for. I am whole and healed because Jesus, what you paid for, 
and you persuade and you confess, not to make it true, but because it is true. And you confess it until it feels true in your thinking and your emotions. Now that does not make God do it, but what it does is it makes your heart receptive to let it grow into your life. And that's a process. The Word is in you. The kingdom is in you. Quit trying to find somebody to go up and get it for you or go down and get it. It's in you. Say, the kingdom is in me. And it's trying to grow. And it's trying to transform you. And it's trying to provide for you. And it's trying to change you. And it's trying to bless you so that you can be a blessing. Guard your heart above all else. For out of it flow the issues of life. Amen? Stand up with me. That's what you're going to do. You're going to acknowledge the good that's in you in Christ. So just for the next minute or two, let's do that. Thank you, Father. You've put within me your spirit. And just whatever you know, just speak it out. You've put within me your spirit. You've given me a new heart. You've given me righteousness. All of your fruit is on the inside of me. You've put your word. You've written your word in my heart. Father, thank you that your kindness toward me is changing my character. I am more loving and kind. Father, I am bold in you because the righteous are bold as a lion. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you have not abandoned. You will never abandon me. Father, thank you that you are actively seeking to provide. And I just worship. And I just worship him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Father, Jesus, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, you are mighty and lifted high. All things were created by you, for you, and through you. Jesus, you are worthy of praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father, my Lord and my God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Confession unto salvation. Let's just, can you read this? If you can't read it, if you're in the back, you can turn around and read toward the back there. But let's just all read through this together. If you are in this room, you've never said yes to Jesus, here's your chance. If you're watching online, you can read through this with us. There's a video that will come. If this is something that you're doing for the first time, giving your life to Christ, we'd love for you to come down as we dismiss and speak to one of our prayer team. In fact, the prayer team, come on down and just let them know. And we have a gift to give to you. So let's read it together. Ready? I believe God loves me and sent Jesus to save me. He died for my sins in my place on a cross. I believe God raised Jesus from the dead and He ascended to heaven. Because of His sacrifice, I am forgiven. I receive the free gift of righteousness. Jesus is my Lord. I am a new creation. I have a new heart. And God's Spirit is in me. I yield to His power in me. I am baptized in His Spirit. I am a child of God forever. Amen. Give Him some praise. Give Him a little bit of praise. Yeah.